Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. We... um. We, we as, as a church, began just a little over eight years ago. And we have watched the Lord, our God, work in just incredible ways of bringing people together for the purpose of worshiping Him, for the purpose of causing his name and his fame to be extended here in this valley and even to the uttermost parts of this world. He's brought people from all different places and he has gifted them, gifted each and every one of you as believers with certain gifts for the purpose of building up the body. Um, It's... It's one of the pastors of this church. Um, it's, it's, it's my heart that we would be a healthy church. That, that this would not be a, a church that lacks in, in proclaiming God's word and making disciples and the gospel going forward. That, that individuals would be healthy. They would just have such a high view of God and a solid knowledge of God's word and a love for one another. It's, it's, it's my prayer that marriages would be strong, that we would be a, a church that where, where husbands genuinely love their wives as Christ loves the church, that that is their aim, that we... We care for them, that we're patient with them, that we wash them with the water of the word. Um, 
that there would be a sweetness with wives towards their husbands, just faithfulness that is there, that within our church and even within our community, that people would look upon the marriages at Reverence Bible Church and be able to see a picture of Christ and his love for the church. I, just, I, I pray that marriages would be healthy, that repentance would take place and forgiveness would take place and just single-mindedness to endure and not only to endure, but to joyfully press forward towards the end when Christ returns. It's my prayer that our families would be healthy, that dads would raise their kids in the ways of the Lord, mothers would just be so nurturing towards them and raising them in the ways of the Lord, that we as a church would just come together and and minister to the kids and teach them God's word, that they would have such a high view of God and that they would fall in love with him and see it in the lives of the people in our church and that as a result of that, it would be hearts of kids that are just ignited for Christ and that it would continue from the youngest ages all the way through, that kids that graduate from high school would just be lights in their colleges and lights in their high schools or junior highs or elementary schools and that that it, it would be raising up boys to be men and who love Christ and who who are there to just proclaim his word and raising up young ladies to be godly women that just use their gifts for the kingdom that we would be a healthy church that that functions in that way and and um and we, we we look and we see what god has accomplished and yet at the same time i know there's such a need to grow there's there's such a, a need for us to stir up the gifts that are within us and to to have each member seen the gifts that the Lord has given you and just using them for his kingdom and for the sake of the body and not wishing you had a different one or not unthankful or not being unthankful for the gifts that God has given you, but just using them for the purpose of, of his kingdom and his church. But we, we, we could approach this text as I've seen it approached many times and just kind of go through the list of the gifts that are given. If you go through, there's, there's five different sections of Scripture that refer to the gifts that are given to the church throughout Scripture. And you, you would go through, and there's at least 19 gifts that are mentioned. Some of them maybe are duplicates of others, and some probably are not mentioned at all. But you would go through, and you could go through and see 19 different gifts. And there's people that go through, and they look, and they, they do a test, and you say, like, okay, I would answer a on this or B on that or C or none of the above or whatever it is. And then at the end, they say, okay, here's your gifts. And people that go through processes like that, um, we, we, could, we could go through the gifts that are mentioned here and, and go through and just be, use your gift, use your gift, use your gift, and just create for you a... a a heavy weight that comes upon you as far as like, you're not doing enough. You need to do more. We're not healthy enough. We need to be stronger. Use your gifts and approach it in that way. And you would leave with a heavy burden upon yourself. And, and um, there would be people begrudgingly doing the gifts that God has given you. And, and uh, none of us would find much joy in it, especially not the Lord. And uh, I don't think that's the way to handle this text. To, to, to preface our text this morning... Um, 
my, my prayer for us as a church is that we would love Christ. We just love him. That we would see Christ in the pages of Scripture. We would see Christ who is just magnificent. He has created all things. He has always existed. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He speaks things into existence. He controls all things. He he determines our boundaries and our dwelling places that we might grow for him and find him. He takes hearts of stone and he makes them hearts of flesh and makes us who were dead alive, makes us who were blind able to see. He takes us who were never having any kind of desire for him at all and he just changes us and draws us unto himself by the sweetness of his Holy Spirit. And, and he has taken us who, who were children of wrath just as the others and he's adopted us into his family and he has covered us with his blood. He's forgiven us of all of our sins. He's given us all of his righteousness. He's made us his bride. He's given us an inheritance that's incorruptible and it's undefiled and it doesn't fade away and it's reserved in heaven for us. And he's made it so that we get to spend all eternity in the joy of the Lord and just experiencing his glories. And he, he's made it so that he has not withheld any good thing from us. He's blessed us with the Holy Spirit, and he has blessed us with the church. And he has made it so that we could be here and be strengthened and be strong. And he's done this for us as a church. He is there, and we could call out to him in prayer. And he hears our prayers, and he answers our prayers. And we just see a God who is just magnificent, who is in control of everything and sovereign over this entire universe. And we can look upon him and see the heavens in which he's created and just be in awe that he has made us and that he would even consider us and that he would love us and especially that he would die for us. And that that, that, that love and adoration for Christ would just ignite within Reverence Bible Church just this incredible love for Christ that compels us to do missions and compels us to teach in Sunday school and compels us to, to take our knowledge of his word and, and our knowledge of God and desire to magnify it in, it in the hearts of other people, people who maybe see God as so small to be able to just take what we have learned and, and talk to them at Starbucks or talk to them by the mailbox or talk to them when we have someone over for dinner and just use the gifts that God has given us to proclaim his word and to be there in Sunday school and just teach the kids and be there to encourage one another and be there to minister to one another where we have this love for Christ that just compels us to just wake up in the morning and say, how might I glorify him most today? And and, and how can I be a blessing in my church? And how can I just cause people to treasure him more and more each and every day? And, and that, that, that love for Christ would, would be used to, to channel within our hearts a genuine, genuine love for one another. Where it, it, it wouldn't be where you, you come to church and you sit in your spot and you have no regard for the rest of the people who are here. But that you, you look and, and, and there's just a genuine Love. You look around and it's like, these are my brothers and sisters in Christ and whom God has blessed me with. And I get to use my gifts to bless them. And they take their gifts and they bless me. And I just want to use my gifts. And I, I don't know if I have that gift, but I want that gift. And so I'm just going to try to just give with liberality and, 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 
and just see, like, is, is this what God has called me to? Or I, I want to just see if, if, if I can teach and just minister to the kids. And, and you may find that, no, that's not my thing. They don't understand me, and I, I, don't, I don't like them. No, I, but, but you, you may just look and say, I, I want to try. I, I want to I be useful. I want to greet people. I want to care for people. I want to go outside of my comfort zone to minister to people. And, and where there's just this genuine love for one another. And, and, and I, I think that, that that is the most critical thing as we look at this text. That it is not this burden that has come upon you as far as use your gifts. But what, what would that be like? I mean, how would you like to have a pastor? It's just like, oh man, I just, I hate being here when I got to do this. I don't know what else I do for a job. You know, you, you don't want that. You, you want someone that that likes to minister, that likes to teach, that loves it, that loves the people. It's critical for us as a church, and it's critical for each and every member. You see in, in 1 Corinthians, where I'll just read it to you because it's probably familiar to all of you, but in, in 1 Corinthians 13, he says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I've become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. And that text is critical as we look at the church. Because you could take the gifts that God has given you, and you could go and you can do all these things. I mean, look what it says. I mean, Understanding all mysteries, um, having all faith that you could remove mountains, giving all my goods to the poor, give my body to be burned. I mean, even die a martyr's death and God's saying, but if, if it is not ignited by love, it's nothing. If, if you sit there and say, well, I guess the only thing I got is I can like sweep floors, I guess. I hate my gift. <laughs> I just go. I guess I'm just like the cleaning guy. I'll come and clean. But that's all I got. I wish I could do something else. I mean, I don't get any recognition. No one even sees me on that Saturday morning. And but that's not what I get to do. I mean, there's. It's not worship. But to be in a place where it's just, I love him. I love Christ. I get to sweep floors and clean it so that it's nice when people come. And I get to do child care and just care for these kids so the parents could be in Bible study. And I get to take this little heart and just cause it to just be ignited for Christ as I teach them. Or I get to help organize events because I'm an organized person. I think like that. God's gifted each person, but to have it done in love and love for one another. I get to serve the body. I get to just serve. I get to lock up the church when church is over and wait and just go and check every door just to make things sure things are safe. Not like, seriously, people, you guys are still talking. I mean, I want to go home. There's a good game on today. Like, where are you guys going to leave? I'm hungry. Like, you know, like, but. To be there and say, like, I just get to, I get to serve. I get to serve the body of Christ. It's a joy. 
and to do it with love? Now that profits. One is worship. One is adoration. One exalts Christ. The other is just obligation and duty and brings no pleasure to God to do that. And so it, it is it is absolutely critical to us as a church for the health of our church that we first and foremost adore him. That we love Christ and that motivates us to do all that we do and that we have a genuine love for one another. So before us in our text, once again in the beginning, I I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. In light of all that you see in the first 11 chapters of Romans, I just, I plead with you, love him. Give your bodies to him. He's worthy of it. Just give yourself to him. Don't be conformed to this world. Why would you want to? You love him. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Don't don't be like the world, but just adore him, love him. What is biblical? What is right? What is pleasing to him? I want to do those things. I want to know his perfect will in my life. I I want to be a good and faithful servant. I want to serve him. I love him. I want to please him. For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Don't, don't be high in your own opinion of yourself. Don't be here like, what about me? I'm, no one knows how good I am. Just don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to. Just serve. Just love people. Let's not be proud. Let's just... Let's just love people. Let's love one another. Let's love Christ. For as we have many members in one body, look around. Um, But all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. We're we're gifted in all different kinds of ways. I, I realize that mostly in just marriage. I talk about us for a second, honey? Thanks. Um, we're, we're, Tasha and I are gifted in such different ways. She's a CPA. She's, I, I watch her just work, and it's like, she's got her hand on the 10 key. And she like cranks. It's like unbelievable. And then she's got papers, and she's going through and figuring out how much they have to render under to Caesar. What is Caesar's? And she's just... <laughs> Just going. It's incredible to watch, you know. And but I would be so bad at that job. You, you would either pay way more than you should, or you would go to prison. One or the other. If I did that job, it's it's just not my thing at all. But she has no desire to be up here. The sweetest bride I could ever hope for, but she 
she has no desire to have all of you look at her as she's talking. <laughs> There's like a million things that she would rather do than this. And we're just gifted in different ways. Totally gifted in different ways. But you could go around the church and all of us, we're many members and we're in one body, but we all function in a different way. And, and there's nobody here that is not needed. There's nobody here that, that is just, oh, we could do without you. Just as every part of your body is critical, we are one body in Christ. We are the body of Christ. And he has gifted each one of us according to his grace. We, we, we see that here in, in, in the text. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ. And individually members to one another, we belong to one another. Then comes verse 6. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. We all have different gifts, but it's all according to God's grace that is given to us. To where you look at the ways in which you have been gifted and to be able to look at it and say, this isn't just God's grace to me. To bless me with these gifts for the body. And it's, it's God's grace to reverence Bible church that he's gifted me in this way for the building up of the saints at our little church. It's God's grace that he has done this. He's so kind to us. I, I think of that so much where I just, I look at our church. I look at the people that God has brought here to be members of our church and just watching and and. First thing that comes to my mind is God has been so kind to our church. He has been so kind to us to bless us with the people in whom he has blessed us with. His grace is so evident here. So evident the way that he has just ministered his grace to each and every one of us. There's no members that are more important than the other. There's things that... That God hates, we'll look at that in a moment. God says, these things I hate. Let me just tell you some of the things that I hate. I, I hate when people look at a pastor as if this is his church. I go, to, I go to Pastor Kevin's church. It's not my church. I'm like one part of it. If it was just me, I'd be talking to myself. It, it, like, it, I wouldn't be fed. I wouldn't be cared about. I, I wouldn't be ministered to. I'm just, I'm one part of it we're all critical to this church. To, to, to have it be where it's these things, all this should be done by the leaders of the church and why isn't it getting done? Rather than how can I serve? What can, what can I do? There's been people who have been to our church like, well, why don't we have this ministry and how come we don't have that ministry? And, you know, like this is really lacking here at this church. This should happen too. And they go through like, I'm not going to stay here because these things aren't happening. And part of my response is, well, you should do it. You should maybe start that. If that's where your heart is, you should just start that. I'm going to start it. You guys should be doing these things, is what they're saying. Like the, the leadership of the church should be doing these things. And I look at eight years, like this is eight years. Guess what? We've been busy. There's a lot that's happened. I mean, if you look around, there is a lot that has happened. It's not like we're sitting around as elders just twiddling our thumbs and not doing anything. I mean, there has been so much taking place. It's just 
watching God work and just seeing all the things that he's accomplishing and trying our best to minister to the flock. And, but to have a mentality of, this is our church. This is, this is Reverend's Bible Church. This is, this is our church. We all have gifts, and all of us are absolutely critical. It's important that we think that way. There's this interesting phenomenon that, that happens throughout history, and I think right now probably more so than at other times, of like the idea of like a celebrity pastor, where it's like, oh my gosh, I get to talk to, I got to talk to the pastor. You know, like, you should be able to talk to your pastor. I think that's a good thing. If he's, if he's supposed to care for you and be the overseer of your souls, like, he should know you and be able to have a relationship with you. And as our church grows, it becomes harder and harder. But please know that's our heart. I don't The idea of a celebrity pastor where, you know, like, let's, no, I'm not going to say it, but you, you, you guys will all like think I'm talking about certain people. But I, I just, I find something exciting about raising up people and sending them out to like start another church. It, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be me like racing from one place to another and like everything will fall apart if I'm not there. It's just a wrong way of thinking. We're, we all are gifted. We're all gifted in different ways. We belong to one another. So having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. Now, I think that's a sweet text. Because you, you find, okay, we, we all have gifts and they differ. So use them. Use them. Use the gifts that God has given you. But don't use it in a sense of, oh, great, i got to use my gifts. This is going to take a lot of time. Use it as we began the sermon by, I just love him. I want to use the gifts that God has given me. I want to be a good and faithful servant whom he will please. I adore him, and he's blessed me with this gift, and I love the church, and I want to care for the church. So I'm just, I get to use these gifts that God's given me for the purpose of his kingdom and building up the saints. Use them. Joyfully use them. And that's what we're going to find in this text over and over again. Use them in a way that is adoration and worship towards Christ and fueled by that worship and adoration and love for him and for one another. Let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. If prophecy. In the Old and New Testament, a prophet could speak directly on behalf of God and give special revelation that we find recorded in Scripture. It's just all, all throughout the pages of Scripture, you'll see that there is different prophets, and they spoke on behalf of God, and it was written down as they said it, because it was, thus saith the Lord, this is what he says. And um, there's, there's also times where a prophet would admonish or encourage or instruct what has already been revealed in Scripture. And you see that throughout the Old and New Testament. They're not coming up with new revelation, but they're admonishing God's people. They're encouraging God's people. They're instructing God's people. In the church today, we have God's Word, and it's complete. It's complete. 
poorly planned. It's, it's complete. It doesn't need the bulletins. It just fell out. It's totally complete without that. And the canon of Scripture is closed. There, there is no new revelation taking place. There's no new revelation where someone says, I'm a prophet, and so God tells me these things and, and as if it should be added unto Scripture. I believe that with absolute assurance that God's word is complete, the canon of Scripture is closed, there's no further new revelation from prophets. Rather, what is found in his word? We see in 1 Corinthians 14, 3, but he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. Prophets are used today to speak edification and exhortation and comfort to men from his word. I see so much of the gift of prophecy today to be primarily that of preaching. Preaching God's word. Prophets today are also used to reach unbelievers. In 1 Corinthians 14, 24, it says, But if all prophesy, and an unbeliever or an uninformed person comes in, he is convinced by all, and he's convicted by all. And thus the secrets of his heart are revealed, and so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report what God is truly, that God is truly among you. And so here's the gift of prophecy that is being used, and an unbeliever comes to know Christ as a result of the way in which this man is used by God to reveal the truths of Scripture in a way that is prophetic, not foretelling the future, but exhorting from God's word the way that takes place. And we see that he uses it and they fall down on their face and they worship God. So we see that this gift is used. It's not coming up with a new message, but it is coming up with used by God to preach God's word, to proclaim the truths that are found in Scripture. In 2 Timothy 4.2, Paul says to the young Timothy, preach, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince and rebuke and exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. Preach the word. Our text continues. Um, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. It's in proportion to the faith that has been given to us in Scripture. The faith that we have in Christ and Him crucified. Not coming up with a new message, but preaching Christ and Him crucified. Do you see Paul saying, if, if I or an angel from heaven come giving any other message than what you've heard, let him be accursed. It's not something different, but it is according to the faith that we have in Christ. Or ministry. Let us use it in our ministry. This gift comes in, in special measure to different people within the church, serving in various ministries. We're all called to minister. 
We're all called to do that. But that there are certain people that are gifted in this serving in a different way than others. We shouldn't look at it as, well, I've, I already taught Sunday school today, so I'm not going to help pick that up. Or we're not going to help set up for that because that's just not my thing. We're all supposed to humbly serve one another. But there are certain people that are so evident, and I won't bring up names, but there are so evident in our church that are gifted in that way. They're behind the scenes, and they joyfully serve others and serve the church. They joyfully do it. They joyfully go unnoticed. They're there, and they set up food and drinks for you to eat outside, and for weddings, they're there and they just serve people and no one knows that they were even there. And for church functions, they're just there. They pick up the chairs and they take them. They put them in the rooms and they clean up everything that's there. We, we had midweek and men's study and all those things at our house for the first several years as a church. And there was always people that were so consistent. They, they just talked to people, washed all the dishes, cleaned the counters. It looked way better than when they came in. And... and it was just clean after. And they just there, no one noticed. They just faithfully just served. And there's people who come and they just serve. They just keep serving and serving here within our church. Some of, of those with this gift of serving the Lord calls to be deacons within the church. The same word is used here. They're to serve God's people in an official role as they meet the qualifications found in Scripture that they may minister to widows and caring for their needs. Or teaching. He who teaches in teaching. It's gifts to be used within the church as a special gift of enabling others to understand the truths found in Scripture. This gift needs to be found within pastors. It's one of the qualifications. But it's also found in Sunday school teachers. It's found in professors. It's found in women's ministries. It's found in youth ministries. It's also found within the church for personal discipleship that takes place. 2 Timothy 2, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses. Commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And there's those that are here that are gifted in teaching. You have a way of doing it to where people can understand you. And it's a blessing to the church. It's a blessing to our kids. It's a blessing to all of the members in our church. Or exhortation, he who exhorts in exhortation, we find people gifted in this area to be an incredible gift to the church through biblical counseling. and They're gifted in this area to encourage others towards godliness and persevering and fleeing temptation. You see it there, in, again, in 2 Timothy 4, 2. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort. Exhort with long-suffering and teaching to do it in such a way. Or giving. Romans 12, 8 there, he who gives with liberality. All of the church is to have hearts to desire to give. We're all supposed to be like that. You, you see it in Ephesians four twenty eight, where it says, let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Just to have a heart to just give to people who have need. We, we have a benevolence fund here at the church to where there's people that so faithfully just write on their checks. This, this is to go towards benevolence. 
however the elders see fit that this can be used, just use it for benevolence. I'm sure there's people that are in need, and I don't know who they are, but I don't need credit. They don't need to know it comes from me. I just, I just want to give. I just want to bless people. And you see that special gift that is there. We have Thanksgiving coming up. We have Christmas coming up. And there's always people like, who has need? I want to help. Who has need? And there's needs that are here. There's genuine needs that are here. There's needs that are abroad as well. To give, to give like that. There was funds that were given for this last trip to Africa. And I sat there with the pastors. I'm looking at one church that has no roof at all. Another church, their roof was badly damaged. And another church needed chairs. And so we used some of those funds. To, I think it cost us, was less than $1,000. And we put a roof on two different churches and chairs for a church. So they could and it was something where it's just like, okay, well, people have given. And it seems like this is the greatest need right now. And these Christians can't meet when it's rainy season because they're there under the tree. And now they'll have a roof. And now, I mean, just to be able to see, like, the faithfulness of the saints here. And now it's a blessing all of those Christians that are there in that area of Nambuli. And just to see, like, no one wanted credit. I don't know who gives. It's just people just, hey, this, hope this is a blessing. Praise God for that. But gifted in that, gifted to give sacrificially. And I, please, please understand, this isn't talking about just people that are well off. It, it, it's people who have a desire just to give. The widow who gives in proportion to what she has, and God just blesses her. But just having a heart, can I help? Giving of yourself. That heart to give and to do it with liberality. God says, if, if that's your gift, if your gift is given, then just go big with it and just give and do it joyfully. In 2 Corinthians 9, 6, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, but God loves a cheerful giver. And so just give, just do it joyfully, without hypocrisy. He who leads with diligence, diligence in just leading the way that you lead, See that it, it, it can sometimes be referring to like governing and, and overseeing things like that, but doing it with diligence, going hard, doing it well, doing it well. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. This is a special gift of seeing someone who's hurting, someone who is in need, and one who shows mercy joyfully, which is cheerfulness. Do it with cheerfulness. No one wants to be in need and have someone like, okay, I'm here to help you. Just joyfully help somebody that is in need. Hospital visitations. Caring for people. Just seeing someone. I mean, there's certain people that are just gifted with just being able to, I think something's wrong with that person. I just want to, I just want to just care for them. And I had so many intentions to go through verse 13, but I think that we are done for today. We, we have before us now a list that will continue through the rest of this chapter of what we are to be as Christians. 
There's one thing that I want to mention, though, before I close, and that is this. As you look at our text, towards the end, it says, continuing steadfastly in prayer. As you look at all of these things that God has called us to, continue steadfastly in prayer. Continue in it. It's easy for us to just pray once or twice, but the idea of just continuing in it, continuing in prayer, prayer reveals our dependence upon him. And so if you're looking at yourself and here as a member of our church, and you're looking and saying, I want to... I wanna, I want to stir up the gifts that are within me, and I want to be a blessing to the church, and I, I want to be used in just wonderful ways to really encourage people and build them up, and I don't know exactly how that's going to look, but I really want to do it. I, I'll encourage you, pray. Pray. Continue, continue steadfastly in prayer. How might I be used? Because prayer shows our total dependency upon Christ. We don't want to do things in our own power. We want the Holy Spirit to work through us for the sake of encouraging and building up the church. We need him. We're in desperate need of him. In order for us to do it in a way in which it's motivated by love and adoration towards Christ and love for our neighbor, it it all needs to be saturated in prayer because we are hypocritical. And we have a tendency to not do things with diligence. And it's always easier to just coast downhill than to go hard. It's always easier to do that. But for us to function well and to run this race that God has set before us, we need him. We are so desperately in need of him. As I began and just talked about our heart for the church as far as individuals and couples, married couples and engaged couples and in our families, and our children, and being healthy in all of these areas, to be a healthy church, we need him. Apart from him, we can do nothing. And so we need to begin by just being those that continue steadfastly in prayer because none of us are able to function properly without his enabling. Amen?